How's it going out there? It's been a while, I know, since I have uploaded a new podcast. You know, sometimes you just do something because you think it's so cool, and then all of a sudden the water starts to get a little bit cold, then you just stop, and then it like eats away at you saying, hey, maybe I should do this again. So um, here we are doing another interview with uh, some really cool native peeps getting their indigenous perspectives out there uh first off a few changes since the last time you listened um i became a dad so right now i have a six month old and he is the most amazing cutest little thing in the world definitely uh, keeping us on our toes my wife and i are Oh man, sometimes you're so tired, but uh, at the end of the day, it is definitely worth it. And obviously another thing that has affected all of us in some capacity is the pandemic uh, because of the coronavirus. Um, So yeah, I mean, if you would have told us last year that this was going to be like a huge global event and affecting families and Oh man, just what have you? Like, I don't think anyone would have really understood what was to come, right? So it's definitely disrupted our way of life, um, which I'm sure it has for you as well. Uh, number one, we've been working from home for a little bit. Um, you know, when the, the pandemic hit uh, with my job, I was able to work from home for a few weeks. Um, and my wife, Aubrey, now she is on vacation right now for summer break, but as an educator, she is definitely wondering how things are going to play out over the next few months. Um, so I know it's kind of like, whoa, this is super bizarre. And also when it comes to our kid too, uh, we, our family doesn't live in Albuquerque, so it's it's hard to know when we're going to see them next. I mean, we can only get so far and <laughs> so much with like FaceTime and, and Facebook chats and stuff like that. So, oh man, hopefully everything kind of gets better, you know, sooner rather than later, right? Anyway, um, so yeah, launching this podcast again. And uh, I talked to this one woman who is amazing. She is actually super, super cool. Her name is Natalie Benali. And I talked to her for a story with my job not too long ago. Uh, She is a filmmaker as well as a dancer, voice actress, and teacher. And she just received a grant, $5,000, to produce, direct, and do basically everything with a short film um, that was awarded to dozens of Native American filmmakers here in New Mexico. So... We didn't touch up on this one when we were speaking, but hopefully we'll bring her back in the future. But man, she is so cool. She not only did the voice of Dory in the Navajo dub version of Finding Nemo, um, but she is like this incredible dancer who likes to bring her cultural perspective to everything she does, right? Super, super cool. Super, super nice. And you're going to have to forgive me this time because when we did this podcast, uh, normally... I do it with someone in person, right, in front of each other, at a table, drinking coffee, having lunch or whatever. But this time, much like everyone else out there, we used video chat. So I asked if she was willing to do a Facebook video chat with me. And of course, she said yes, because everyone is doing video chats, right, to meet up 
And there are some technical issues. There are definitely some things learned with this one. And it's just too bad because there are some things she said, I hope that comes across. You know, sometimes you got the little glitch going on. And sometimes you have the, the, the audio levels that peak or just kind of drop a little bit. So hopefully it's not too distracting. But in the end, her message is just incredible. So here we go. Um, normally when I do a podcast, obviously I'm with the person, maybe we're having coffee or something like that. Uh, but because of the pandemic, you know, obviously things are a lot different <laughs> and, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's kind of cool because I've been able to talk to people in, in so many different ways. Like I was just in a, a conference over the last week and there was a, an indigenous native person in Hawaii there. It was just, it's so cool. Like talking to so many different people and technology, you know, it was is making things yeah, smaller. I, I definitely do agree with that. I think there's like been such as um, it's a strange kind of dichotomy of like we're separated, but there's so much more connection happening. Like there's yeah, the ability to meet with people that you normally wouldn't have the space and time to meet are not able to kind of like share space in a unique way for sure. So I totally feel that. Yeah. So I guess my first question is, how are you doing right now with the pandemic going on? You know, I know that you mentioned that you were watching the story that we did with you with your your troop on Zoom. So I'm sure things yeah. are totally different. Yeah. So um, so before the pandemic happened and the shutdown happened for everyone. So I, I work uh, full time as an indigenous programs coordinator for Girls Inc. of Santa Fe. Um, which is a nonprofit here in Santa Fe that services girls ages 5 to 18. And so what I would do is I would travel to different schools in Santa Fe Public School District, as well as Española. We've spent it to Española for the first time this year. Um, and I also worked with the Santa Fe Indian School, and I worked with several pueblos like Cochiti, Tsuke. Um, and so was kind of always in my car throughout the week, driving to all these different schools and places, working with girls. Um, and then, of course, on the side, I would, you know, be rehearsing with my dance company. We would be, I was doing a lot of assistant directing for a lot of the tours that were coming up in the fall. And so on the weekends, I would be doing that. <laughs> and also on the side, you know, writing and, you know, creating ideas for films with my collaborative partners. So I was doing definitely a lot of juggling. Um, and so when pandemic happened, obviously, for my dance company, we had to, a lot of the tours got postponed a lot of the performances i was scheduled to do got canceled and you know right now is on a waiting period so um so that was obviously very hard for a lot of us because a lot of the times as movers we, we need to move as a dancer we would have to it's just a part of our natural ability to like just process all the things that are going on in the world um, so to not move in a space with people was really difficult to adjust to. Um, even though we, we have transitioned online, we still meet every single week. Um, usually on Wednesdays, we still have like our, our cohort meetings. We still rehearse. We're still like doing things in a virtual way. Um, and that was so un unknown to us for a while. We were like, how do we do like all the things we do performance-wise virtually? Like it just was such a new realm. And so we're kind of figuring things out as we go with that. Um, we're doing a project right now where it would it would have been for a live performance in November, I believe, in Utah, but we're revamping it to where it's now going to be a six episode like thing. Wow! Where, like, yeah, we're making it into like a series. Oh, that's of. awesome! So, that sounds so cool. Yeah. So, which is why, like, during the weekends, I film, so I you know have to 
get ready, put my costumes on, and film in random places here in Santa Fe. So, <laughs> so still performing in that way. Um, and then my job moved completely online as well. So I still work with girls virtually Monday through Fridays, um, just doing activities with them and our curriculum over Zoom. Um, and I still meet with like my collaborative partners over Zoom as well. So I'm just like Zoom everything right, right. now. <laughs> right. It's kind of, it's kind of, while it's cool at the same time, it, it's a little bit annoying, right? Because <laughs> the technical difficulties and, and other things like uh, some people don't know how to use Zoom. Like, is, am I doing this yeah. right? Am I on? <laughs> yeah. And also it just like, you know, it definitely feels good to see people and connect with people still in that way. But I definitely, as someone who really like enjoy feeling the energy of others, like I just vibe off of that. So being able to be in a space with people was really like the shift from just not having that was really hard and I still struggle with it for sure. I still like miss being able to dance with my company and be able to like, have that physical touch of like lifting each other and moving with each other. Um, and it's just different. I can't really like say if I like it still or not. I'm just like, it's different. Like I don't really quite know how to feel about it yet. Um, right. But yeah, but the slowness of it all, like I'm not, traveling all the time anymore right now like traveling has halted i'm not like doing so like i'm still doing a lot of things it's just it's different like not me running around all over the place <laughs> it's more like i'm jumping from one meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting <laughs> so i gotta ask what kind of car do you drive i mean you spend a lot of time in it it's, i hope it's comfortable I do, I do yeah it is i mean it's a beer for right now so it has a uh, pretty good like mileage okay good yeah, so, I mean, and that's my office most of the time. Like, when I would be working uh, for Girls Inc. is I would literally have everything I need in my car because I would work on average, I want to say between this year, I want to say I was working between, like, 200 girls weekly, to 200 to 250. Um, and so, yeah, and I was, like, driving everywhere. So I wow. just had everything in my car for the week, and then I would unload Friday. And then reload everything I need for the new week into on Monday, and then I'd be like, "Cool." We're ready <laughs> so, how many miles did you, did you have on your car? <laughs> oh, I have, I have plenty. Yeah. I haven't checked in a while because I haven't driven a lot lately. And like, I was joking with my my daughter. I was like, "I think I'm forgetting how to drive." Like, <laughs> right. Anyway, I mean, we we go out for like drives and stuff just to kind of like get out of our apartment. But like, yeah, I just was like, yeah, I don't drive as often anymore. And that's something I actually really love. I feel like, I don't know how safe this is, but I feel like a lot of my creative ideas happen when I'm just driving because it's the only place where like I can tune out and I can just listen to music and actually just focus on the road and focus on what I'm listening to. And so a lot of my ideas actually come to me while I'm driving. And so long drives are not a problem for me. Um, and yeah, so, and even then like, when I wasn't performing, like I would always drive to different places, classes and work with different people. Like I always would take this time of year would always take a week off um, to go out to California and just take classes with so many different speakers because I love to learn. I love to always progress and evolve. And yeah, so that's not going to happen this year. I mean, yeah, I I still do classes online. There's like a lot of people who are doing virtual classes, which is great, but I miss, yeah, I miss it's being not the in a same. studio. Yeah, <laughs> I miss being in a studio, like having people there, like we're struggling and sweating together. We're just like, oh man, this is hard. Or, you know, this is so much fun. Um, right. It's not the same, so. 
So I have a question. I kind of relate to you in the whole like creative aspect of driving. Um, before the pandemic too, I think normally yearly we would put about 10 to 12,000 miles on our car. Um, going to the res, going to Phoenix to visit family and stuff. Um, and the last time we were in Phoenix, it was right before my son was born and uh, we had a, a baby shower um, in Phoenix and uh, we had like got to like 40,000 miles, but because of the shutdown and everything, we like started the car like just a few weeks ago. And since then, that was last October, like it was November actually, we only went like 1500 miles since then. So it's like all that time spent in the car is, is no longer a thing. And I'm kind of liking it, you know, I, I like <laughs> being able to just hang out at home because we were working from home for a few weeks too, earlier this year, I'm going back pretty much daily now, mm -hmm. but um, I, I totally get that. And what I was gonna say was sometimes when I'm in these long car rides and I have like these scenarios in my head, sometimes I'll just like start talking to myself, like kind of like dialogue. Do you do the same thing? Yeah, I do, I, I do. I definitely like, and it's not necessarily dialogue. It's uh -huh. usually when I'm thinking about choreography, okay. I'm thinking about like the movement. I'm always just like, you know, moving as I'm driving. Like I said, I don't know how to isn't as safe as I'm, I'm supposed to be doing here but like yeah like if i'm listening to a piece of music yeah. um usually like if i hear a certain beat or a certain beat i'll like um kind of like start moving to it and i'll just be like oh that would be like really good to do in the ta 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 or like that like to the hi-hat so it's not necessarily like a lot of dialogue it's more okay. like noises i make, cool. and i'll like rewind it a couple my daughter like probably <laughs> Like, I'm just like, wait, hold on. I need to listen to this song one more time. And she's just like, we've listened to this for like six times already. And I'm like, I know. I just need to like hear this one one part again. Um, yeah. So it's not necessarily like a lot of dialogue. It's just more like movement. Like I'll like be dancing as I'm like, I think I, I probably should not be doing that. But Okay. That's awesome. Um, I love performance arts with, with anything. So whether it's dancing or whether it's singing or, or acting. And right now, I'm totally into the newest season of uh, World of Dance, you know, with J-Lo uh, and, and yeah, Derek Q and, and all them. Yeah, yeah, oh my gosh. And like seeing them dance and how they like sometimes like hit those beats really hard and they like they do like those staccato type movements. I'm trying to move them right now. I'm terrible at it. But like when I see them do it, it is so cool. And when I first got to Albuquerque, one of the cool things that I was able to be a part of was like a Dancing with the Stars type of event. Um, mm -hmm. So I was working with a dancer. I don't have a background in dance at all, so this was really like tough for me, um, being able to like control my body in certain ways. We had like this two-minute um, choreographed performance, and we had four months to put it together, which you could probably put that together in less than a few hours, I'm sure. But for me, like every single week going back, learning the basics and doing it, Oh, there was one point when I was like, I just can't do this. This is so hard. So major props to you doing that. I just have so respect for, for people who have control of their body like that. Oh, yeah. It takes a lot of time, a lot of time and, and, and practice. I think that's like the biggest thing when people ask me, like, what, like, how do you do that? Like, how do you make that happen with like your body or like, how do you see those things in your mind to like try out and like put onto your, onto your body and others' bodies? And it's really just practice. Like I, there was a lot of time where I spent, um, yeah, hours, hours just dancing. Yeah. Like when I was when I was in college and I didn't have homework and it was the weekend, I was like, I want to go hang out with friends and dance. And 
and explore that. And so, yeah, so World of Dance definitely is like, it's really cool to see a lot of the people that I've been following and have been big fans of for so long, like yeah. even before they went on that show. Um, a lot of the people on that show I've known since they were like, they when they first started putting videos on YouTube. Um, like Kinjits was really awesome. They are like a collective of dancers that I've admired for so long. Um, so yeah, I, I I started like watching a lot of those shows. Like ABDC, like America's Best Dance Crew, was where like a lot of like okay was, like people, like I grew up with. Okay, like, got that it. Is, that is our show. That's <laughs> awesome. That's that was like a lot of the times those people who are on World of Dance first like showed their like talent. Oh wow. There. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely haven't seen any of those shows lately because I've just been so like right. engrossed in creating and, and doing that stuff lately. So yeah, they say the best way to pass the time or to utilize your time during this pandemic is to do something creative. And mm-hmm. we're going to probably see like this huge wave of, of indigenous media and, and other oh, art yeah. forms once people are allowed to go back and, and show things. Yeah, I think that's, that's been like really amazing. Like, I feel like that's been a blessing for a lot of us is that because a lot of us wear a lot of hats and <clears throat> we do a lot of different things at the same time. Um, to be able to have that space to kind of be still and really focus on... Like, how do we go from this level to that level to the next, I think has been a really big blessing, especially like, for example, my dance company, like most times we're like touring, rehearsing, touring, rehearsing. And so since that's not like a thing anymore, right, we can't tour until or maybe like until fall 2020, uh, 2021, Mm -hmm. um, that now it's been a lot of like training and conditioning like we're working together to kind of up our physicality and to really focus on our technique because most times like you know that takes a back seat when you're rehearsing because you got to put the show on in like three weeks right um and so we're really doing a lot of um kind of building each other up to work on our skills together um because all of us come from various different backgrounds like we're not just like we don't just do like contemporary or modern we a lot of us come from like backgrounds where we started dancing like from learning off of YouTube or for example me I didn't like take classic dance classes until I was in college oh um, wow okay because yeah, I just didn't have anywhere to go I so, see yeah, I would just have assumed that you've been dancing for like ever <laughs> well I have been I just my, my journey started off very different okay um, I, I always knew I loved to dance and I loved to express yeah and I loved to perform um, and so I, because I was born and raised um, in Gallup. I lived off like in a community where my mom's family was from. And so I always like had an, an urge to move. Like whenever I heard music, I just like, I have old videos of like just me. Like I didn't care who was watching me. I was just dancing. I didn't care. And I just was always naturally like that. Um, and because there wasn't necessarily a place where I could really like delve into that, like there was no dance studios when I was growing up in Gallup or anywhere near, like near me, I think the only place closest would be Albuquerque. Um, and there was no like performing arts program in school. Like there was just an urge to want to learn. And so I just would, you know, go out to my family's like land. I would go for a walk. I'd be like, I'm going for a walk guys. And like head out to like the hills and the, and the mountains. And I would just dance there. I would just, you know, really, 
allow the, the movements to kind of reflect what I was seeing in nature. So it'd be like trees and rocks and dirt. And so I, I started dancing on the land first. So that was like my first dance studio was my mom's land. And then um, I started to really like it more. I really like and I really enjoy doing like performing. And it wasn't until elementary school where like I was a part of this Christmas play that uh -huh. this music teacher in my school like just did every year and so everyone would audition for it and everyone like you know it was just like a really fun thing we did every year um and that's where I kind of had that like ooh, like I really do like doing this I like being on the stage I like dancing I like singing I like acting um and then I didn't like I didn't see it as like a probability like a possibility for me to actually pursue it because once that music teacher left, like that just like went away. Like yeah. there was no like way for me to actually sing or dance in that form for a really long time. And it wasn't until high school. Um, I think I like sang the national anthem at a basketball game. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. And I just was like, oh yeah, I really like this. Yeah. I really like doing this. So, um, and so I had a plan. I was, I was very strategic even at that age. Okay. I want um, to hear this. Yeah, <laughs> so I had a plan. I was like, okay. I was like, if there are no places where I can actually go to train, and I don't have any way of doing that here, what can I do to get that? Like, I had a, I had a hunger. Like, I was hungry. I was like, I really want to delve into this. How can I do it? And so what I did was I was very good at science. I was really good at science. And what I did was I uh, joined the science club, and I competed in science fairs, like, locally, nationally um and internationally wow that's awesome yeah so i was able to actually like go to international science fairs and compete and so um my idea was that i would try to win as much scholarship money as i possibly could right like if i just like, was really good academically and, and i applied for scholarships then i could go to college i could leave home and go to college and actually like you know say that i was going to go into a science major but once i got to school <laughs> I changed it to theater. I was like, I'm going to do theater. Wow. And then, so I didn't tell anybody that. Oh my I gosh. Just, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to school and my, you know, major in chemical engineering or I might like do botany. I don't and know. then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to do dance. Yeah. I'm going to do theater. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I'm gonna theater, do, like, right. That's so cool. You know, whatever. And, um, and, and largely because my, my, my parents weren't very supportive of it. They thought that, you know, there was just no security if mm -hmm. I decided to do performing or decided to do that kind of like route and so um and everybody was just like you're out of your mind like there's no way right that you're going to make a career out of this because for one you know I didn't grow up training for all my life I just kind of did it because I loved it and there was no place for someone like me to have that probability of a career and so I went into it knowing that there were so many odds stacked against me but I'm very rebellious in nature as just an individual and you tell me I can't do something I'm just like hmm okay alrighty I'll take that challenge I'll make it happen and so yeah so I went to school at Fort Lewis College that's where I got my theater degree and I that was where I really was like in like immersed I like wow. jumped in I had no experience I had there were things like that first semester where I was like what is what is that like what does that mean? Like, what's a monologue? You know, like, I don't know what audition techniques mean. I have no clue. I like went in there as a complete newbie. And, and in some ways that's probably good, right? Because then you're able to just be a clean slate and then, and then learn everything. 
Yeah, and so I was in the program with other um, majors who like had been doing theater since they were like five, or like you know had been doing this so much longer than I have that you know, it was very intimidating. Like I and and then I also was like it was culture shock as well because it was the first time that I was not living at home, being from the res and being submersed always by like family people who looked like me, people who understood me, because I, like, you know, was from the culture. Like, it was the first time that I was in a place where I was like, wow, like, I'm probably the only, like, Native person in this class, right? right? And feeling super out of my element. And I got very shy. Like, I normally am not a shy person at all, but I definitely got very shy um, that first year because I just felt so out of the ordinary. Like, I was terrified. I was just scared. I was like, I don't know anybody. Everyone here looks different than me. And so the first year I almost like quit because I just was like, I just, I don't know how to like mm-hmm. get over this like shock of being away from home. All of these kids know all of these things more than I do. So I was feeling really discouraged. I just was like, you know, I don't know if this is right for me. I don't think I, I don't think I fit here. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so it did, it took the encouragement of my first acting teacher. Um, her name is Jenny Davis. She's, a, she's now the department head for the theater department there at Fort Lewis, but she was a, one of my very first acting professors. And I just remember like her really encouraging me because she had um, lived in Alaska for seven years. And so I expressed to her when, at some point during the, the year that I was just really, I was just really scared. I was like, I just, I've never, I was like, I've never been around this much white people in my entire life. So I'm terrified, but I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to fit in. And so she like was really helpful and just kind of like, yeah, no, that's very real. Like that's an okay feeling to have is to be scared and to feel out of your element. And so it kind of really was like my first mentor to like help me process those emotions and was very supportive of me then. And so, and then halfway through the year, um, I heard of a dance club on campus. It was called Dance Coaching. And, and it was just a club that was run by students and it was for anyone who wanted to learn how to dance or just wanted to, if you had experience, you could choreograph and they had shows every semester. But I went to one of their shows and I was like, that looks like so much fun, I wanna join. So the next semester I, I joined and I, started meeting people and becoming friends with people who loved to dance as much as I did. And that's kind of like where I really was able to come out of my shell a little bit because I just was like making friends with people who really enjoyed it. And and that's where I kind of started gaining more skills in dancing because I started working with a lot of different people from different styles. Um, and yeah, and I stayed in that group until graduation. I did, I choreographed pieces and I danced in different pieces for people. Um, and then I just, yeah, it, it really was the way that I was able to get through that first year was just finding that outlet of people that loved the same things I did and being being okay with, like, being myself. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah, and so then I, 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 I went back. I stayed through all the four years with dancing, performing, doing plays, musicals. Um, and I want to say around, like, my senior year was we have to do a senior project have to do a thesis and have to do research and study it and I always knew that I wanted to write about and research like how are natives portrayed in popular media Mm -hmm. whether that's film theater music what have you and so I spent a whole semester researching 
all the different like ways and stereotypes that Native people have been portrayed and like how can art and theater like define that? How can we um, image what Natives are instead of just having to always be like, oh, they're always the stereotypical like savage character or they're like the noble Indian who like helps the white man like, you know, find their way. Right, these are and, real stereotypes for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like I, I, I started kind of realizing and feeling like you know how 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 can i how can i make this world that has no roles for someone like me like most times i was playing roles that were meant for like asian characters oh really or like like latina yeah oh, I, wow. I cast for asian a lot when i was in theater yeah people yeah, so people like, assume I'm, I'm asian too like a lot of the yeah. time you know yeah. yeah and so a lot of the characters i was being casted for you know were not native and I was, you know, I had a problem with that. I was like, hmm, there's really not anywhere in any of the plays or musicals that I've done that you've seen a character that was a Native character. And even if you did, it was always like a caricature or like a stereotype. Like, for example, Annie, get your gun, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Native roles in that film are definitely a caricature of Native people. Um, and so I started thinking more about like, okay, well, if I don't see this content, why not make the content? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I graduated. Um, I moved to California. I tried to pursue dance professionally. I was like, nope, I can't. What was the reason um, for that, you think? Um, I think, like I said, I think it was because I just didn't, I just couldn't find a place that really, like, represented me. Yeah. Like, I just, <clears throat> a lot of the times when I would try to do film or anything professionally, it was like, there was no place for someone who was Native to really, like, to really be represented. It was always, you either had to play characters that were from other roots, other ethnicities, or you had to, you know not have work or not have a job because you refuse to play roles. And so I got really frustrated um, because I just felt like I just, like I said, again, I didn't fit. I was like, I don't fit in this either, right? Like, Mm. I don't know where else to go to kind of like feel honorable of myself. And and so I stopped for a while. I played from theater and dance for, I want to say, maybe three, three, four years. Wow. I didn't do any, I didn't do any kind of acting or dancing. Um, so what did you do that then? Frame, uh, in that time frame, I had my daughter. Okay. I am a mom, and so I focused on on being with her. And then um, and then I stumbled into I wanted to start like teaching dance classes as like for fun. <laughs> um, I went to my old high school and was like, hey, so I love to teach dance would you be interested in having me come in and just teach like a free after school dance class for like whoever wants to do it? Like, I just want to offer this. And so they're like, okay, like I, <laughs> there was really like a, okay, whatever that is. So, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> if you want, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You don't really know what that means, but yeah. cool, you know? Um, and so I started just going there after school and I just had like a bunch of kids who just were kind of like curious, but they also were just like, we don't really know what this is. Right, so we'll right. try it out. Um, so I started just teaching dance classes and we like, you know, we made routines that we did at like the homecoming and I just really enjoyed it. I was like, I really like teaching. Like, That's awesome. Really fun. And so, yeah, so because of that, I really, I, I really saw for the first time how like, 
powerful than the expression that the kids had of put all of their like feelings into movement. Um, because a lot of them are going through like I had like a group of kids who were deemed like the troublemakers, or they were like the ones who were the bad ones, for example. Um, and through that process of working with them, I saw how much they really loved creatively um, doing something. Like, how did they creatively express themselves through something that allowed them to kind of work through a lot of the things that they were going through um, emotionally, you know, mentally, and physically, you know? So I kind of was, it was the first time that I was like, wow, this is a really powerful tool. Yeah. Why aren't we doing it more? <laughs> right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so from there, I started, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go back for teaching. I want to go back for school for teaching. So I went back for my teaching degree, um, finished in like around like two two years of just doing all of my education classes so that I could be a teacher. Um, and so I got my degree with uh, secondary drama. So like um, being able to be a drama teacher or a teacher. And it was that the second time I had gone back to Fort Lewis College, it was I was going back on my teaching degree. That at that moment in time, my dance company came to work at the theater department. So the theater department brought my my, my artistic director Mulan to create a device piece. And so I had heard of Dancing Earth, the name of the company, Dancing Earth, um, from a friend, not from 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 a dance professor that I had worked with prior when I was doing my theater degree. In one second, my battery's going to die. I'm going to grab my charger. Okay, sure. I was like, oh, no. Technology. I was like, no, 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 no. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, she had told me, like, oh, hey, have you seen this dance company before? And I was like, no. And so, I looked them up, and I, you know, it, they were an indigenous dance company. It was, like, the first time I actually saw, like, not just dance and movement and performing, but it was mixed in with like, you know, culture and mm -hmm. like what it means to be indigenous. And so I was familiar with them. And when I heard they were coming to Fort Lewis, um, I was like, I need to go try out for that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and mind you, I had not been dancing for a really long time. I had, you know, I wasn't doing any type of moving. I just was like kind of dancing on the side for fun, just to stay fit, physically fit. And so I got to be able to audition for Mulan and the company and was selected to be in the show. And so during my work with the show was kind of like, it was like the first time that I felt like, oh my gosh, like this is actually not only letting me be a performer, but it's actually letting me like kind of showcase my, my culture, showcase who I am um, culturally that I never felt at any point in that time beforehand. Like I for the first time felt like I was seen in that way. And so I got very like kind of motivated and inspired again, start really performing. And I joined the company that year as an apprentice. So I just kind of would come in, do some stuff, really kind of figure out what the company was about. And then became a full-time touring member in 2016. Wow, that's awesome. And, yeah, I was able to tour to Norway and- Oh wow, that's um, so cool. Yeah. Yeah, What's so, their food like? Uh, oh my God, the food is amazing. <laughs> really? Okay, so reindeer. I'm gonna say this reindeer. Okay. Honestly, 
cases like mine. <laughs> okay, I totally agree because I had reindeer once too, and yeah. it has that gamey taste to it. It totally does. Yeah, yeah it definitely. Like yeah. Yeah, the rainbow kebabs are probably my favorite. Okay, cool. Mine was more pureed, so it wasn't like you know. But I could ah. still, I could still taste it. It was definitely reminiscent of, of grandma's butchering. Yeah, for sure. So, and we had rainbows. We had not rainbow reindeer stew, and their yogurt was amazing. Like the yeah, the we went there to perform at the Ridu Ridu Festival, which happens usually this time of year um, in literally a subarctic circle, like way at the top of Norway. Wow. It's like crazy. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, so I was able to like have all these experiences of touring and dancing. And that is so cool. Teacher. Yeah, like being able to share my culture and my stories through dance and, and theater and combining all of these things that make me who I am. And yeah, so like for the first time with the company and being with them, I've actually felt like, oh, yes, like this is this is what what I need. This is what I need to feel fulfilled as an artist and to not just, you know, be a performer that's doing all these other things. and. And the one thing I really love about Dancing Earth as, as well, excuse me, is that we're also very community, community engaged. So wherever we went, we always did workshops with the youth. We always did a lot of community outreach work and what we did. And a lot of what we do already as, as um, community workers is we work with the community. So to, like I said, to invite all of that into what we do as artists has you know, been just a blessing. I feel just really blessed to be able to have that space and platform to to have that to elevate me as opposed to just feeling like I just didn't fit in right and I couldn't make it in this artist world because of you know where I come from and yeah so now I'm on this journey of you know doing films and, and doing more of that so it's kind of like yeah, it's been a lot. It's, there's been a lot packed into my life already. That is so cool, though. Like, it really is. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know you as a dancer. Um, I, I've come to know your work as the uh, the voice of Dory on the Navajo dub version of Finding Nemo. And yeah. I got to tell you, I went to a theater here in Albuquerque when that was screened initially. And I was just, like, curious as to how, you know, everything was going to be played and stuff. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, Navajo, I'm pretty conversational. You know, I can talk to my family, but I am not fluent. And that is something that, you know, I'm trying to also become as we're here in this pandemic. You know, my mom speaks fluently. Yeah. Everyone on my family in the, on the res does, but I was born in Phoenix. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, when I watch Finding Nemo with my son, like, he's six months old, but he, like, totally just gets glued and transfixed. But I'm, I'm hoping that with, with these types of things out there that, you know, it's helped me out a lot and hopefully it helps him out. So explain to me your experience involved with that. That's got to be so cool. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I will say this is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. For really? Sure. Hands down, yeah. Wow. So, because I, I relate to you in a way that's like, um, so I did, I mean, I grew up around my language my whole life. <clears throat> like, I just, now, like, I heard Dine everywhere. Right. Like, my family speaks it fluently. I just, I, there was just some, I don't know why, but like, for, like, I just was never encouraged to speak it as much as my siblings were. I, I do think because, like, there's a huge generational gap between me and my siblings. I was, like, one of those surprise babies where it's like, hello. Oh, okay. And my parents were probably like, yeah. Right. Just as long as she lives, she's fine. Yeah. You know, like, we're not going to do anything. <laughs> oh, man. And so I kind of, like, 
was never really like pushed to learn the language. Um, I was actually more encouraged to like speak more English um, because you know the idea of success and like being taken seriously was to be articulate and to be like well versed in, in English. And so, um, and and so I, I could I definitely can understand it. I'm proficient in conversational like you, but there's definitely some times where I struggle like yeah. a lot. <laughs> but pronunci- some pronunciations I still can't like they still don't sound natural to me. Oh yeah, um, Shadow. Oh my god, you saying this like it just makes me feel so much better, you know, because like when I yeah. hear you guys do it, I'm like, oh my god, but how do they do that? It was hard. Like I mean and I was very honest though, like I um, and so my, growing up, you know, I, I not being encouraged to speak it and definitely I was very ashamed a lot because when I would try to speak, of course, my family would just be like, you're not saying it right. Or right. they would laugh at me. And right, I would right. just be like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want people to laugh at me. Like, I don't want people to like think I'm, you know, stupid or whatever. And so I just felt very excluded a lot because mm. people, you know, in my community would, for one, either look down on me if I didn't speak it fluently or two, you know, they would be like, oh, she, she speaks more English. So she thinks she's more like above everybody which was totally not the case at all. I just was like, I'm just, you know, I don't want to say anything wrong. Right. (laughs) No, that's real. That's totally real. And so, you know, when you hear those comments and those kind of like things said to you, 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 you become scared. Like I was very afraid to speak the for a really long time. And the only reason why I still was able to hold onto it was my mom would make me spend time with my grandma. And my grandma does not speak English. Like, she just was like, nope, I speak Navajo. So I would spend a lot of time with her at her house. And I would have to practice with her because I, she, if I asked her to do something in English, <laughs> I, like, she doesn't understand right. me. So I, I'm out of luck if that's, if that's the case. And so I, I spent a lot of my time speaking with her. And she was definitely very, like, understanding. Like, she would, like, you know, correct me in certain, certain like, words and stuff and I never felt like judged by her so I felt comfortable in speaking with her um and so but she passed away when I was like 15 Hmm. and so um but because of that ability to talk with her and I felt comfortable with her I was able to hang on to it just a little bit more than I would have if I didn't because I was not speaking Navajo with my family because I was like y'all laugh at me way too much I'm not doing it you know right (laughs) I know my mom's like what'd you say and I'm like well I'm trying to say this and she'd be like oh you say it like this I'm like oh okay (laughs) Yeah, so um, so it was very encouraging. She was very yeah. encouraging. So I was very thankful for that. That she was definitely not a person to like, you know, get angry at me or and or like, you know, make fun of me. It was just like, okay, say it like this a little more. And I'm like, okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, and so I have some really fun stories of just being with her and like, just the mishaps that would happen whenever I was like. Oh, I didn't say that correctly. <laughs> so now we have a lot of her pizza, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, and then as I got to high school and college, you know, I I wasn't spe- I wasn't home a lot when right. I was in college, so I was at you know living somewhere else. And so um, it wasn't until I met my dance company, like I said, that I actually felt that encouragement to actually own that part of myself. Um, and so that year was actually the auditions. Um, when I joined you know, as an apprentice, the auditions weren't now. So like, we're making the film Navajo. And I, I felt like, okay, well that, that definitely kind of suits my, my, my type of persona because I, I heard of them doing the Star Wars one. I heard the auditions for yeah. that one, but I was like, 
I was like, you know, I was like, I sound very young. Mm-hmm. I sound like I would. I, I feel like I wouldn't necessarily fit any role in that movie because it's, you know, I, I think vocal wise, you would want someone who's more mature, um, who sounds a little bit more mature. And so I didn't audition for that. And so when I heard they were doing Finding Nemo, I was like, you know what? I was like, I've always been told that like I have a Disney voice, and like my voice sounds very like youthful and very like bright so yeah. I just was like why not you know like I, so I, was, I was very kind of scared I even talked to my artistic director Roland about it I was like Roland I really I really want to try out for this but I feel like I'm also like really afraid because I still can't speak fluently in the way that I want I still struggle but I also know that I'm I'm good with voice acting because I trained voice in voice acting and I have experience in that and so she was like you know what you will never know unless you try you know, like you, you know that you know your language. It's something that's a part of you. Just try it out. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went and I tried out. And I actually really wanted to be flow. That was like the role I wanted. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I just want to be able to like have a small role, right? Where it's like you don't have a lot of lines, and I right. thought I could pull that off. And so I tried out, and um, and I was very honest with them. I was like, listen, so. I can interpret very well. I can I can speak proficiently, but I am nowhere near as fluent as you most like would likely want for a large part. So right, I'm like like seriously mind blown because when I watch like you you carry the movie, you know. So it's like, <laughs> so I was very honest. I was like, I'm 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 okay, but I definitely would struggle a little bit, and so that's why I was like, a small part would would be just fine. Like I'm okay with that. I really wow. want to be close. Um, and so I tried out, um, and then they called me back for a callback. And so they called me back to be for flow. And I was like, yes, like, that's what I want. That's who I want to be. And so I went and at that time you had to audition for the, the Disney director. So the person from Disney and Pixar came from California to do those auditions. Wow. And so I went in, I read the lines and, um, and it was funny cause, uh, do you know Ernie? Ernie Sosie. I do, yeah. I've, I've seen, like, all of his movies. <laughs> yeah, so he, like, I didn't realize he had stepped in because he was going to audition next after me for, for a role. And so I was, like, doing my thing, right? And the director was like, try a little bit more like this. And I was like, I got you. And so I was just kind of, he was, like, excited because that's that's something that I always find, like, important for any actor or artist. If someone really, like, wants you to do something different, that's a good thing. That that let me know. Really? Like, oh, he wants to see if I'm directable because a director wants to know if you take direction or if you're able to take what they're giving you and can do it. And so I was really excited because he was having me do it different ways. And I was like, wow. that's a good sign. That's awesome. I know um, that. That's so cool to know. Yeah. yeah. Some people find that very scary or they're like, oh my God, am I doing it wrong? For me, I find it exciting because yeah. it's like they want it. They see it. They see the potential. So they want to see what you're capable of. And so um, I was doing all these different things because the director was like, try it like this, or a bit more like this. And so I walked out and I see Ernie sitting there and I was like, oh, hi. Uh, I didn't, did you see all that? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, you're really good. And I was like, okay, cool. Awesome. Good luck. <laughs> wow. And so, um, so I didn't hear anything for a while. Like there was a big movie to cast. So they were like auditioning all sorts of different people. And, and I felt really good about it. I definitely was like, if anything, if I just get a small role, that would be a win for me, you know? And it wasn't until, I want to say, like, June, like, a couple of months later, um, I got a call from the Netflix and 
and it was the director. And I just thought, maybe, oh, cool, like, maybe I just got like a role, like a small role. Right. And he like tells me, you know, he's like, yeah, so we would love for you to be the role of Dory. Wow. And I like straight up was like, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, are you, are you positive? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Did, did you call the right person? No. <laughs> Because, you know, first of all, the things that went off in my mind immediately were like, oh, my God, that is a lot of lines. Yeah. Like I said, you carry the movie. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a big part. It's a very well-known, popular character. And so I was definitely intimidated by that. But I, I, I also was like, oh, man, this is definitely going to put me in a more like, you know, and, and I'm sure maybe you can relate to this, too, but like the, the I the pride and kind of like the, the the strength that people find in the language is very like intimidating like people want you to speak it well and if you don't speak it well and through experience growing up if i didn't speak it well i got scolded or i was you know told oh well you're not speaking it right so mm-hmm. you know, are you navajo you know <laughs> and right. just having that like mindset of like oh my god this is this is gonna be like either one they're gonna tear me apart or two I might do a good job and they might be proud of me. Who knows? So I like had all these thoughts in my brain of like, hmm, okay. I was like, okay, if you guys are positive that you want me to be this character, I was, I was, wow. I was like, Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, so, and of course I was casted along like Andrew who played Marlon and I was casted along Quentin who like has a following because he's like a young person who speaks the very well. And so I was just kind of like, hey guys. The cool. Oh my and gosh! Wow. Very fluent speakers, and I don't know what I'm doing here. You know? That's amazing. And so, yeah, and so we were all taken out to California. We went to a studio that um, we, we did the dubbing there, and I actually had a day short. Everyone else had the full five days to make the recording happen. Something happened where there was like a schedule conflict with the director, so I only had four days to make it to make the whole entire. Movie. Are you serious? And Just four days. Yeah. Four days, yeah, and it was long days. Like <clears throat> I talked a lot, and I and I at the end of the week, like my voice was like shot. Like my voice was hurting so bad um, because there's parts in the movie where she like screams, right? And so, um, but thankfully, I had the training on how to use my voice, so I didn't lose my voice. Um, it just like was a little like scratchy towards the end because I was losing it so much, and I was yelling a lot. So, <laughs> and, um. And so, yeah, so the first day of recording, I, like, cried because I was, like, I don't think I could do this. I was, like, this is this is really hard um, for just a number of reasons. One, the speed. Speed is so crazy fast. Right. And um, the other thing was, number two, was that to fit the dubbing of the lips, they had to shorten some of the sentences, right? So they took out certain sounds to make the, like, it still, the sentence still meant the same thing, but it was just shorter. And so I kind of had to rewire my brain in those moments to try to say it in this new version versus the version that was like this long. Right, and right. So my mouth would automatically like go to the thing that I had learned and said my whole life versus what the script said. And that was like so frustrating. I was like, this is, this is too hard. <laughs> and then you have to add the acting on top of that and the character on top of that, you know? So I, I definitely struggled at the beginning. And then I just... Um, I had, I was like, you know what? I was like, I want to quit, but if I quit and I'm just, then I'm just going to like not 
feel okay. I'm going to feel like not great. <laughs> so I like decided like, how, how can I make this work? How do I overcome this? And so one thing I did while I was recording, and this is actually a lot of the work that I do now with language preservation is that I had my body into it. So if there was ever a word that I was struggling with, I would move with it to make it sound better. And so the director at one point was like, you're like dancing in there. And I was like, yeah, because it's making me feel correctly. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm going to try that from now on. <laughs> so like if there was like a thing that went up in high tone, then I would move up with it as I said it. And so, wow. um, so yeah, so that helped me. I just was like, I needed to move. Like I just couldn't to stand still. I was like, I need to move with this. Um, and then the other thing I did was I started to write it out phonetically. So I would hear it and instead of, because for awesome one, I can't read Navajo very well. Um, yeah, it's so like, oh, it's so hard. Yeah, for sure. I, that was not helpful to me at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like, this is, I can't read this. Um, and so what I would do is I would rewrite it the way I heard it. So I would hear it and I would rewrite how it sounds to me. And that's what got me through the last bit of it because I was like rewriting it and then I would read how I wrote it and I would then say it correctly. Um, so yeah, so I ended up not finishing the entire thing. There was like maybe like 20 lines that I didn't get to, to do because they were really hard. Um, and it was making the ones that were really fast. And so I ended up re-recording that in Gallup. They ended up having to come back um, because we just ran out of time. Like I just had to do it short so I didn't have the time to redo those lines. Um, and so we recorded the rest of it in Gallup and I had time to practice. And so it was it was a great feeling because like the interpreters who were there with us, and by the way, the interpreters were not playing. I was like, y'all are taking this very seriously, <laughs> but also it's so scary. Um, and so to my interpreter who went with me to California, like bless her heart, like Jennifer Wheeler, like I know I probably just She was my Navajo teacher in high school. Yeah, yeah. No, like she's like straight up. Like, yeah. I, t I told her like, please let me know if I'm saying something wrong. Right. And she was on it. She was like correcting me like nonstop. Mm -hmm. and, and it was really hard because I, like I said, I started to feel really like down on myself. I was like, oh my God, why am I not doing this correctly? And then she at that recording where I was doing the last 20 lines that I hadn't done, like she like had the biggest smile on her face and she was like, that's it, Natalie, you're doing it. And I was like, yes, I was so happy. I was like, wow. Oh, man. Like, yeah, she definitely like I, I props to her because I'm sure there were times where I was like, Jennifer, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, that's so cool. Like you were like my new hero. It's it's so cool. I'm so glad I talked to you about this because I've always when I watch it, it just comes off so like I'm like, oh my gosh, how are they doing this? It's, you know, speaking super fast. And then, you know, there were certain things that probably doesn't yeah. translate, you know, so it's like. Yeah. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I, like I said, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever, like I've ever done. Um, but once I was able to like make it through, of course, like, you know, it was maybe like a couple of months later, it came out and I was nervous. I was like, I don't know if people are going to like hear like all the, like, things that I'm saying, like, that have a little tint of mis mispronunciation, you know, so I right. was like, ah, like, I was scared, I was really scared, um, and so the premiere came around and watched the movie, and I just felt really, like, I was like, wow, I just felt really proud, I was, you know, it was a, it was a real moment for me during the credits when I, like, you know, saw my name on the screen, and it was like, 
all like ever since I was a kid, ever since I was in high school growing up, you know, I always heard people make fun of me because they thought that my dreams were too big or that there was no way that there was going to be like a film where like, you know, native talent, even and specifically native talent would be showcased that way. And so there was a moment where I was sitting there watching the credits and I saw my name that I was like, wow, all this time that I was saying in my head and I was dreaming in my head, one day my name's going to be on a big screen. One day my name is going to be on a big screen. Then seeing that, even though it was like, in the, in the scope of things, it was very little, right? But to me, it was like the biggest thing. I was like, wow, I never in my life would ever think I would see my name on the screen in that way. And it just motivated me. It just like lit a fire in me to just be like, do do this more. Make something like this like possible for other kids. So that way, it, it it's not just something that ends with me, but that way more and more people, younger people can have the resources and accessibility opportunities like that can happen sooner and earlier um whereas i'm very fortunate that i got that when i was in college but i want to make that possible for younger people like in elementary mid school high school age um yeah so that's incredible that's so cool i'm glad i talked about this because you know it's it what you described to me and how, how things are on your end and how the process went about going into it is obviously we don't know what everyone's going through. But like what you what you tell me is just like something that's completely like, whoa, not what I thought. I thought, you know, we had Natalie Benali coming in, doing her, her lines, and she was just like super, super good. But knowing that you had some like reservations about it. It's just really like really candid and thank you for telling me that because it's that's such a real thing for sure. You know? And I was very open about talking about it too, because it's like, I, I mean, growing up, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be able to speak my language. I just never felt good enough to, and, and I always still felt like excluded, like I said. And um, I think that's definitely something that a lot, not a lot of people feel comfortable in saying, because I think there's such a lack of patience sometimes for young people to like relearn a lot of these things that you know assimilation and cultural genocide was very effective in doing, you know, like I am definitely a product of assimilation because I was pushed to learn English more so than my Dino language, right? So I think there's a lot that we're working to gain back that I was very vocal in sharing. And I still do, I'm still very vocal in like saying like, please have patience, please be kind in the way that we're trying to learn all this information that, you know, we were not fortunate to have growing up. And we want to, we want to learn. Um, but the patience is definitely very important because, right. you know, someone yells at me and tells me I'm not doing something right. I'm just like, ah! you know, like yeah. that doesn't work for me, you know? So, um, like I said, which is why it was really helpful for the interpreters. The other interpreter, Key, um, he, like, changed my life. Like, he told me, during the second recording, he was like, use your eyebrows. Like, just use the eyebrows when you say the high tones. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa, okay. I was like, Key, I was like, Key, you literally changed my life. Like, I didn't even think to use my eyebrows when I spoke Navajo. Like, I tried to just, like, do the nose and the mouth. And he was like, no, use your eyebrows. And because of that, like, I zoomed through those last few lines like this because I just was like, bam you know yeah. and that to me is helpful like you know that practical like here's how you can try to do this better as opposed to just telling me i'm doing it wrong like you know so it did i i was very vocal about that and still am because 
We can only learn so much if we're, for one, we want to learn, but we also have to have that mutual respect of like, teach me, teach me with love, teach me with kindness, care, because um, we're learning a lot. We're learning things a lot, so. Right. My favorite thing to say, even just when I'm like cleaning the house or something, is when Dory starts saying, you know, just keep swimming, and, and you say, oh, that's a joke, oh, that's a joke, oh, okay. you know, exactly. like, you know, it's just, and that's just a good life advice right there, you know? Just got to exactly. keep going through. Well, yeah. it's, it's been an hour. I don't want to take too much of your time because I know that, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm so glad. I'm so grateful for you talking with me. Yeah, I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I can't to you as well. I do. I, like I said, I'm, I'm always willing to, to share the experience because for once and foremost, it's not just for me. I'm always about encouraging and sharing that story so that other people can can find relatability in it and, and hopefully be able to be encouraged to still keep going and keep doing what they're doing. Wow, wasn't that great? Like, it's so cool how she was so honest with 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 getting to where she she wanted to go especially when voicing the navajo finding nemo like she like i said carried that and not being completely fluent you could have really fooled me um i'm sure she's probably a lot better now with this experience under her belt but man that is just something that i strive for and i think we should all try to do that right um i know that our our language is important and it's it's hard to learn but uh we got to make sure that we can pass it on and i've been doing a lot more especially during the pandemic um learning it uh, there's this guy here in albuquerque who i would love to talk to for this this podcast who does zoom navajo classes and uh you know my wife is speaking navajo now to our son and that's the real like huge push the huge drive you know um i want him to be able to be more comfortable and be more fluent with it um, as he grows up so doing everything we can you know it's really the best we can do and hopefully hopefully we're better for it you know so we can preserve our our culture and our our knowledge and our language um but yeah thanks so much for listening again i know this was uh, a long time that passed since the last one but hopefully you're not going to have to wait too long again for the next guest i am reaching out to a few people right now who i think are doing some amazing things in Indian country, and I'd love to get their stories out for you. All right, Akihat, thank you so much. Talk to you soon.